I told them that I didn't even deserve to be released. Oh my God. Richard did 31 years, consecutive years incarcerated. 31 years straight. He's the one, this is thus far the most we've ever had on the podcast. I got sentenced to life plus life plus life plus six years and eight months all ran consecutive. What do you think about, like, why is it that in our communities, we have to learn some of the hardest lessons, and unfortunately, it's always prison for us most of the time. Or the other route, right, which is dead, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, my mother passed away when I was in prison. My father passed away. My aunties and uncles, cousins. Funerals. 31 years worth of funerals. I can go to prison and learn how to be a better criminal, or I can go to uh, prison and learn how to be a better person. Yo, welcome back to the Retro Network Podcast. It's your boy, Yak. It's your boy, T. And we got another special one for you guys Good today. Um, I really want to introduce this person the right way because this is someone I've been working with for some time. As you guys know from the intro video, T and I do work with the uh, the reentry uh, audience. We work with people that when, that when coming, incar- coming out of being incarcerated, yep. um, we help them with getting job training. We help them with job placement. And we do that through PV Jobs. PV Jobs provides job training. They provide uh, case management. They provide mentorship, all that, the whole shebang. The community that's, resources, everything right. that any other nonprofit offers, that's exactly what we do. Right. So, you know, we've we both been doing it for a few years now. Yeah, right? definitely. So, and so, um, and with that, we are able to meet such great people, people that are really motivated yeah. and willing to make a change without even knowing how intensive their past is. And that's one thing we're going to talk about today. Um, I want to give a, a really great welcome to an individual that at first wasn't interested in the podcast just yet, but after kind of talking to him and him yeah. actually watching the implementation and the way that this platform could help mentor individuals, especially youth and adults, and potentially even prevent yeah. people from being going right down the same pathway, um, he was able to open up and he was like, yo, let's do it. I'm down. So I want to give a really warm welcome, and I appreciate you being here to my boy Richard Brooks, y'all. Let's it's get it. Slap, Thank you. Hold on, let's see. We might try this one time. Let's get a round of applause yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, huh? let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, man. Thank you for being here, Richard. Not a problem, Brian. Anytime. Anytime, you guys. I, I mean, I didn't have to do – I didn't try to push you too much, but you – we talked, um, and by the way, Richard's a mentor. He's a, he's one of our, our mentors for one of our youth programs too. Um, but you, uh, you, you, we talked one day, and you're like, you know what, Brian? I'm interested in being the podcast. I'm down. Let's yes. uh, let's do it. I see the the impact and the reason why you do it, and I appreciate that. That shit, like, it really warmed me up because you saw what yeah, we're trying to same. do. Yes, it's it's because of you, Brian. I, when I met you the first time, I seen it in you. It's, Thank you, It's man. genuine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And how you helped me, and I see how you helped the other young guys. It's Thank beautiful. Yeah. Nah, I appreciate when, it. When Brian mentioned like how much time you did, I already knew off the bat. I'm like, we got to get him on here. Right. Um, my, my philosophy, and, it's, and it stands true to this day, I've worked with, with a bunch of lifers, and whenever former lifers tell their journey or anything happened in their testimony, they're going to tell it way different than anybody else. The appreciation, the amount of things they learn in there, it just goes on and on. It's a different perspective than somebody did, that did two and a half. Not to say that, not to yeah. undermine that, but it's a different perspective. Right. right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing. Like the guys that taught me, cause you know, I, I'm, I'm being taught mm-hmm. to this day right. mm-hmm. and it's, uh, they'll bring tears to your eyes just on having you feel that, them emotions, and right. just to know how you failed yourself and how it's not over. 
Right. And right. how you right. can bounce right. back. You bounce back in the day when you make that decision, how you want to live the rest of your life. And I cannot imagine the amount of people you came across. Richard did 31 years, consecutive years incarcerated. 31 he, years straight. He's the one. He, this is thus far the most we've ever had on the podcast, 31 years. Oh, is that right? And yeah. so it's just really interesting to see kind of like the the perspective, the mindset, the, the ins and outs that you went through when being incarcerated and even coming out now, like what that experience was like. Um, so I guess I kind of want to kick it off and get straight to that. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, what... What led to your to your life sentence? Uh, I would say it's ignorance, mm -hmm. selfishness, and greed. You know, you grow up. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. You know, uh, I lived at home with my mother and my stepfather. You know, my two older brothers were raised with my grandmother mm -hmm. and their father. So I was there with my mother, South Central Los Angeles. It is. It was what this it was. was. Uh, what, it was like very difficult growing up. Time-wise, like what years? In the 80s? Oh, in the 80s. 80s. Oh, yes. Early 80s. Not like me. I'm born in 89. Well, the so, early you know. 80s, I was in junior high. Man, okay. So we're talking early, about wait, the you're 70s. Wait, you're saying early 80s, you were in junior high? <laughs> yeah, so we're talking Damn. about the early 70s. <laughs> that is gives when, the audience a perspective on yes. where you're at yes. right now. So yeah. I have seen it rise from the Saturday Night Special Damn. to the AK-47. Everything. I have seen yeah. it go from Bowie to Colombian gold to tie stick to Intica. I've and, seen and it go shops from and God knows all what, that right? transition over and over and, over and over again, the same thing. And we do bad things, crime and punishment. Right. You land yourself in prison. And that's a whole different world. Definitely. So during our, our pre-screening, and by the way, one thing I just point out, if anyone's interested in sharing their story, check out the link below, fill out our survey. That would give you an opportunity to potentially be our uh, guest on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But we did a pre-screening um, when we kind of ran through a little bit about your history. At age 21, you usually, you know, we got a lot of individuals that, you know, go in and out to juvenile halls and stuff like that. You didn't really have that experience. But at age 21, you got into you got incarcerated your first time. Yes, I had I, at the age of 21, I, my, I caught a case. I sold some drugs to an undercover police officer. No way. How does that happen? Well, I like was, you had no idea. Like these were like straight, like they look like normal individuals. Well, I was in a uh, I was in a crack house selling drugs, uh -huh. and one of my clients brought the undercover in, and I served mm. her, and I got busted. Wow! And went to jail for like six months, and I got out, and I was trying to do good, and I did something bad. I took the law into my own hands, and I mm -hmm. committed a violent crime. Wow. And I was out for about six months, and I caught my life sentence at 21. At Damn. 21. So six months. So that, that county jail stint didn't really, uh, like, you know, like, hey, maybe the same. No, the county jail back in that time was for It's not lengthy enough. So you need a, you need a length, but you don't want it too long. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like a thin line between your education and then truly destroying your life. Because once you're in there— a lot of stuff is not up to you no more. So it's just the grace of God that you can make it out. Right. And you will figure that out. Like, wow. You go. Yeah. You know, now you're trying to be good. Now you can't. That part. Yeah. I yeah. get it. It's too late. It's, it's, too, it's late. too late. You're, you're up on, you know, it's no getting in your car or walking away from it. This is it right mm -hmm. here. Everybody's here every day, all day. Right. So, uh -huh. No, real quick. What, what do you think about, like, why is it that in our communities we, we always 
say like, so my philosophy is we, we have to learn some of the hardest lessons. And unfortunately, it's always prison for us most of the time or the other route, right, which is dead, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems like, fuck, in order for us to learn a lesson, we're talking about we got to do a stretch in order to what do you think about that? We are not being taught the rules early enough. Mm. You know, like I said earlier, I say you can go outside. Your kid can go outside. He can be in the sixth grade, seventh grade. He's seen drugs. He's seen weapons. He's seen violence. He's seen it. He knows. So what else are you not telling him? He knows those things, weapons, mm -hmm. drugs, and violence. So what are we not telling him? We're not telling the opposite of that kind of stuff early enough. Early, yeah. Gotcha. You're supposed to be able to come home. It's nothing that he can't handle. If he's out there, if, he, if he's exposed to that, it's nothing... He can't handle Well, he can't handle how you pay your bills. He can't hear that. He can't hear what the mortgage is about, what taxes is about. Mm. He can't hear none of that. We can't talk about bank accounts and savings accounts and credit cards. We can't talk about that kind of that stuff. Part. You know, it's crazy that you That's say what that. I don't, you know, we're not replacing all right. what they're seeing with the other half. Yeah, yeah and how that right, plays right. a part if you get it. Right. Huge part. You got to substitute it. One thing uh, that, that kind of brings me back to was a while back when I was working with a kid, um, we were doing like a financial management training and he told me, I was like, or no, he spoke to everybody in the class. He was like, you know, what's crazy growing up. My parents didn't teach me anything about credit cards or, you know, you know, credit and all that. Mm -hmm. I was taught how to sign up for food stamps. I was taught how to find uh, sign up for Section 8. That's what I was taught about. I wasn't taught how to level up. I was taught on how to stay down here and when they said that that was a mind open like that opened up my eyes i'm like wow we're we're teaching our children to go out there and be laborers man when you should be teaching that. them how to be owners there you go that's it i'm not trying to teach my kid i don't have any kids but i wouldn't try to teach my kid how to go punch a clock i want to teach him how to have other people punch his clock mm, that part that part yeah. and it's like that's taboo to him. I can't be talking to my kid about that right now. Mm -hmm. We're going places and, and he's seeing the real. That the real yeah. papers. The real. Right? Yeah. Okay, I'd rather have him having nightmares about that than having nightmares about the other stuff. So true. If you're going to have nightmares, you're going to have nightmares about how you're going to fedangle this, all these things that you need. How you're going to come up with all these things that you need without harming somebody. That's wow. important and set that up to have that discussion and, and set that up that it doesn't always have to be that route. You know? Right. So therefore, it, the greatest thing that, you know, the government has going on, the greatest thing that the world has going on is what? Commerce. Mm. And by the law, I'm supposed to be a merchant. Man, okay. Ain't that something? So let's get into the definition of that. So therefore, if I had a son or something, and I say, well, we got to go through history. I want you to pick a name of a person who walked the face of the earth, and I want you to grow up to be just like him. Now, who would that be? So, I don't know. That's a ain't tough that, one. You know, who would that, that be? Yeah. Ain't that very challenging? You know? It is. Well, I guess, yeah, right now that you say it that way, you would think... If we were taught somebody to, to look up to, we should already we, have We're that imitating something. Yeah. Right. So what are we imitating? Who are we imitating? 
you know. I guess I so. Know. These are the yeah. big questions that big we questions. always talk about crime and punishment, but we never talk about the opposite of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once we're not doing that, opposite of crime is what business. Mm-hmm. That part law, law and order. Excuse me, mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Opposite of punishment is reward. This. So, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but this thought process was not something that you you have. Mm. I feel like you didn't think this way. Prior to getting incarcerated, right? This thought process happened. I went through phases. 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 And the first phase that I went through was the fascination, the adventure part. That happened. It was just like early in your. your Oh, yeah. The very beginning of my. I couldn't wait to go to prison. I wanted to see what it was about. Old folks and new folks. 21, with that sentence, um, you just been sentenced to what? Was it 31 to life? I got sentenced uh, to life plus life. What? Plus life, Gee, plus six years and eight months, all ran consecutive. Wait, what? What is life then? How many life years is life? Life is, well, life is a number to life. It can be seven years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty-five years, twenty-seven. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's a number to life. Mine was seven to life, plus seven to life, plus seven to life. So I would have to do at least seven years before I can get released off of this first life sentence and then start the next one. And then I have to do at least seven years before I can get this life sentence abolished and then start the life sentence off. So they give you enough time to bury you in prison. I mean, that's just the point of it. And and the sentencing process has to do with the deterioration of crime. The, The penalties can't be soft to where you don't care about getting in trouble. It has to be severe. It has to be severe. Definitely, yeah. That's why it has to prevent crime. I I didn't even know yeah. that process like that, that whole the life sentence process. But you touched on so the you you said that you were ex, not I don't know if the word excited is the way to explain it, but you were looking forward to being in prison. But what had you in that mindset that you were looking yeah. forward to that to being there or ex, excited? I, I to was be? already seasoned and cultured towards criminal activities Mm -hmm. so when you're in a lane like that that's what feeds you you need to i need to gain more education this is the side that we're on we're on crime and punishment Mm -hmm. you need to be educated more so in crime yeah so you're so it i guess at that age or during your time going to prison was like this is the time where i get to educate myself on being better at what i do out here right and then what you do better out here is either or I can go to prison and learn how to be a better criminal, yeah. or I can go to cri- uh, prison and learn how to be a better person, mm. a pro-social person. But your your thoughts was more to be a better criminal or to be a better person, or you didn't know what? To that, be a better criminal. That early on, though, right? Because yeah, that's the beginning To be stages. a better criminal. I, wanted, I wasn't mad that I got caught. I was mad. I, I wasn't mad that I actually got caught. I was mad because I did it wrong. Hmm. I can see that. I mean, that you makes know, sense. I wasn't, I wasn't ready yet. You know, I, I could see. Yeah, I could see that. I, I was faulting myself on. I messed up. I should have did it this way, and I wouldn't have got caught. Yeah. And then, as you grow older, and you just see all white, all walks of life, mm-hmm. because you got to understand when you, when you're in your neighborhood or your city, you're just confined. You know, it's just like being in a car, and then you're in a plane. And how you can just look down and just say, wow, I could have just, <laughs> you know, did this 
made a left, right, left, and been way over here. It wouldn't have been you in this situation. You can't even, you know, you bogged down. So now I'm seeing all walks of life, all nationalities, right, right. and how they're functioning. You're That's seeing so the big picture. So this and symbolically, the plane is you being incarcerated and seeing all the walks of life. Some, and it's your perception of things. The perception of things. Okay. You can learn from somebody else's experiences. It can. I can look at you. I can become jealous, envious, or I can be educated in a positive way. You see it. You see the interactings of pro-social people. Now, it's just not guards in prison. You have all kinds of teachers and counselors and mm -hmm. social workers, just like you guys, mm -hmm. trying to help us. Mm -hmm. Trying to help us. Right. So it's your choice. Right. So you... Um so then you, so walk us through the first few years and when you came in with that mindset, what was that, how did, how, what approaches or what were you doing when you first got in to, to kind of like. And, and what year, what year was it yeah. where you started your journey? Uh, 87. 87. 87. So oh, damn. I and I can remember 89. when, Dude, when I like got sentenced. Years. I wasn't even a thought in my parents' mind at no. all, bro. My parents weren't even married. That's when I, I got that. sentenced, I was put on a bus with. I would say at least 30 other people. 30. And we all got sentenced that day. And they had three courtrooms open. And they pulled us in a big old bullpen, 30 of us, mm. 40 of us. We all kind of knew each other because we went to trial and all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So we're standing all around. And they got three courtrooms open. And they ran us through and gave us all life sentences. And we came back laughing about it. It wasn't what? nothing. Every single person got life. Every single one of us got life. And it wasn't nothing. We ready to go to the penitentiary so we can see what that's like. Was was this because everybody was like categorized? Everybody on that on that bus or whoever came with you was already categorized as a high level like No, crime? we were low levels. The high levels, I you know, you yeah. don't even want to know. Hmm. Oh, wow, that's wild. I didn't even know. Damn, everybody getting I'm No, I'm general population. High level. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, Brian's probably even touching on, too, like the fact that it just so happened to be everyone's fighting a life sentence right. in, that, in that spot. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm hearing right now they got people in the county jail with 15-year sentences, 10 years in the county oh, jail. Oh, serving their time type of deal? Yeah, I've heard some stories. So, yeah, they I mean? talked about guy, that. They, yeah, the guys come out, and they're like, yeah, there's guys doing Now I think they're even stretching the amount of time you could do at MCRP. So you're out here, but you're still ankle right. monitor. Now, they, instead of one year, now I know guys with three or four years that are right. out here on an ankle monitor. Okay, now, to go through the list of what's involved with crime and punishment is billions of dollars. It's not going nowhere. They might not build another penitentiary, hmm. but it's salaries going on, fellas. And that's it's I, not going nowhere. I oh, think sure. that's one thing that, that it's salaries going on and it's big and you got people trying to help. It's a mixture of they don't want you to get out and then there's a mixture of they want you to parole. It's it's just mixed up and it all gets back down to you, what you want to do with yourself. I really want to get into that. But before we get into that, I want to, because I want to get into how you learned about all this, right? Oh, okay. So um, if you could talk about the first few years and going in, and then we'll get into the education part when you educated your, your you, you did personal education yes. to gain all this. Because yeah. one thing I want to talk about on that is the idea of people still going to prison are still giving these people jobs and paying their salaries because they're still getting incarcerated. Right? 
Excuse me? Like it, the idea that paying the salary part that you talked about, people still getting because people that keep coming back and back, you're helping pay for the salaries of these individuals that are working the prisons. Yeah, that's a concept. Well, because I it's a like, revolving door, so right. for sure. So, like you, you know, you mentioned the judicial system. We're an integral part of the judicial system, right? Because if they stop arresting people, a lot of institutions crumble, right? Because there's so many things that are dependent on incarceration. This is a, a carceral state, is what it's called in the U.S. Okay, right? well, let me explain this to you. Do you remember when you was hearing about the overcrowding and all the yep, stuff that yep. was going on? Do you know how did that occurred? Actually. Okay, I'm gonna just run it through quick. So yeah, you got yeah. you got you got five different buildings, and the capacity in each building is a hundred people. I'm gonna keep it simple. Yeah, yeah, no worries. A hundred people, and you got the hospital over here, and you know they hold a certain amount of people, uh -huh. and then they got the emergency beds. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you got five hundred people. The whole place was built towards taking care of these five hundred people mm -hmm. in the hospital. But when you doubled that up and tripled that up mm. with the capacity, you overflowed the medical situation. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for that exposure, it would have never happened. See, it's, incarceration isn't tied to your health and fitness. So therefore, when they can't pull your teeth right or it's too mm. many people going to the dentist, we only can handle 500. Now there's 1,000. You didn't... Now they're, they're, they, the duckets is coming in for your medical. I'm sick. I got a cold. He needs a tooth pulled. We, we can handle 500, but not 1,000, not 1,500. And then you did that, tripled it up, quadrupled it up in every pen all down California. You got to let some people out. You can't even take care of them. Uh, see, so you that, can't take care of them. Uh, so that kind of led to you have a You have a two-bedroom house with 10 people in it. That's basically what you it can't is, take yeah. care of. You, it's not enough space. It's not enough surplus. We only we only trucking in enough food for five hundred people. Now we got to truck in food for a thousand. Yeah. Oh, we got to have shoes for a thousand. Everything's doubled the price. So they got to go to the table and get the more money, and it just kept on going until they it burst. You can't tie, you can't screw the cap on no more. This is something that's ongoing, or is this something that was really big prior? Well, I don't know what's going on now because I'm not there, but that's what that was. With your your experience? No, with the experience of In overcrowding. General, right? You're saying uh, overcrowding? <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And now and then you and you compound that with there are a lot of people doing the right thing now. Especially lifers. Lifers don't come back to prison when you let right. them out. Right. That's what they know. I always say, people, lifers. So they don't so have a problem to... with letting a lifer out once they he's don't. proven himself rehabilitated mm -hmm. by the standards of law. And that is a difficult process, a very difficult process. R Richard, real quick. So let's let's take it back to um, your journey. So it's eighty seven now. You're 21. You've just been sentenced to life, right? Right. I kind of want to know how it is because now you're knowledgeable and now you got wisdom, but right. I know it took a little while to get there, right? Right. So what were your first initial years in prison like? It was just hunting down the information of uh, my pedigree. pedigree. So at this point, it wasn't to rehabilitate yourself. It no, was I, you know, I went to prison with a chip on my shoulder, still angry and still wanting to commit 
crimes and learn better ways to be successful in criminal activities. And you go down that whole lane fascinated with the older guys and wanting to learn how to make knives. I'm an expert in make manufacturing weapons. I got all that in my file. I like to I liked it to make knives out of wood. So you had to pass through the metal detector. Mm. So you go through all those kinds of things. And, you know, I say this, and there's tons of people that's, that are, you know, I'm Disneyland compared to what I know of other people, how, you know, how yeah. it is. But I had to go through that. And then you go through a phase to where you have to face the reality of your case. You're getting mail. You're getting mail now. You're attorney. You got the... How soon is that? Like when you're Oh, it's mail. immediately, but you... But you don't, you know, you probably can't even read. I could read, you know, and things like that. But you're not facing that yet. And then it's coming. So now you might want to jump on how you're going to get out of jail. And that's when it gets serious. So you didn't, but you still took you some time before it got serious for you. I, I how went, many years? Oh, it took like 15 years for me to face it. 15 years, huh? To face it and 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 have to like... It's up to me to get myself out. Oh, yeah. So 15 years in, there wasn't no, you didn't do like any self-help groups or anything like that? Uh, any no. Any other certifications? Anything? No, I ran a muck. The first 15. I ran a serious muck. So, so one of the trends that I see a lot of the times is some lifers, when they start off their sentences, they say, I'm never getting out anyways. So why even dive into that type of stuff? Was that your mentality or no? When you come in, you're so vulnerable. You're just so vulnerable. It's just the grace of God that you can go somewhere and you have adequate, older associates who could care about your education on how to stay alive or whatever. You know how you want Mm -hmm. to say it. You know, so I didn't see guys come in and it's ugly. You know, I was fortunate to where the first places I land, you know, you landed all level four time, 180, basically? All so that. With that type of that's, sentence. I stayed in level fours and yeah. 180s. Damn. Damn, that's that's crazy to hear that because, I mean, I did a little bit of time, whatever, but always hearing the, the level four, the 180s, and how structured and how rigid things are, you would think to me, like, I don't want to go there. I mean, you, uh, you, will, you will find out soon enough that you're not running nothing. Mm. You know, you're going to be talking to God a lot. You find that out how early? Huh? How early did you find that out? Mm, I would say in the first couple of years. I mean, you it, you get so accustomed to them. You like, if the door opens and it's this way, I'm doing. You you just straight. It's either or. I mean, you'll be so bold in your questions. It's just like, if I see this going this way, I'm acting this way. It's just yes yeah. or no, and you know you're preserved or you're not. Now, you don't have to talk about details, but I'm curious to see, were there times where you saw stuff and there was just like a whole perspective that went through your head or a whole different, like, and I say this because like there's people that have seen stuff on the yard and things like that. Is there any, did you see something and think in a whole new way of perspective during those first 15 years at all at any point? Or did you saw it as, this is normal. This is part of my life. I got to learn this or anything like that. If you get what I'm saying. Well... I've seen crime committed mm-hmm. by officials. No way. So therefore, what is there? What is there not to see? Right. 
I didn't even, wow. You know, cops go to jail too. What kind of, like. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, so you mean, I've seen crying. Yeah. I got to go into Pacifics? No. No. But crying. Seen I've seen crying. In prison, outside of prison, by people who have badges on down. <laughs> Period. Business. So, so 15 years in, did you do any shoe time at that point? Yeah, I did my first shoe, my first year. Damn. My well, first so year really in there, I got it. Yes, okay. yes. None of that isolation time made you think about anything out of the ordinary at that time? Well, it just makes you appreciate things. You know what you lost. You just, the, the, mm. uh, the severity of what you lost gets bigger and bigger. And you're talking about what you lost on the street. What your opportunities, opportunities the, big the big picture. It's not your freedoms. It's not just your the the freedom of you being incarcerated, the other freedoms. Mm. What you can eat. I'm talking about all you getting is a little milk like this every morning. Else you gotta pay, you know, you gotta pay and get the kitchen to bring the food. You know, you got to go through things. Wait, what? You have to pay the kitchen to get you food? Your normal what the state is going to provide you to eat every day uh, ain't going to be enough, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That right there, to keep that there, that's going to be like at least 300 a it month. Costs money on to just, keep that there. Oh, yeah, that's just on food that. alone, you know. Damn. You look about uh, three, 400-ish. You know, yeah, yo, yo, it's terrible. Man. It's terrible, man. Yeah, you're going to regret that. That's I, I, Yeah, it's fucking nuts to think about it. That's like, eye-opening, bro. Definitely. Yeah, everything, being, everything, your clothes, everything, the way it's washed. You're going to wash your own clothes. Was there something that that when you first went in and you don't, um, but was there anything that you first went in, it was like, I guess some kind of mannerism or something that you were like, whoa, that's that's different. I've never, never experienced anything like that. For mm. instance, uh, an example I could give is I have, like, I've heard stories where it's like, you know, cleaning the, cleaning the, the, the sink. You know, respecting the sink, having the sink clean when you're done, washing, your brushing. Oh, your like teeth all those little subtle things, exactly. like signing your sink to the point like it's a mirror, waxing your floor. Like, was anything yeah. like that kind of? Okay, well, I went through my little phases of what I, of being a, you know, of having my own stuff. I went through a furniture collecting phase at one time. I ran across a guy that knew how to craft cardboard into wood-looking furniture. He was brilliant. Okay, back in the day, we used to make things and put them into the hobby store and, and sell it. Oh, okay, story. I had no idea. Yeah, we had all kinds of stuff. I used to make clocks and all kinds of stuff. So you guys, oh. back in your day when you first started, they had the cigarettes, the weights. They had, they had everything. They home. had every. Okay, now you know how things... Start off, and then as history goes on, the changes been made. The penitentiaries became so violent to where it was nothing left for them to do but just lock you up. They don't want you running around mm -hmm. with tools and things. Mm -hmm. You know, got grew out of that. So you had uh, your when you first went in, you had the weights. What else? What kind of other? I we guess had. I was in the said. boxing ring every day. They, they had, had a that? boxing ring. Yes. Okay, I was in man. the boxing ring every day, chunking them on camera <laughs> and running the track and lifting weights and going to the law library and the whole thing. Fifteen years went by real quick. Mm. And then the, the, the appeal process and you wanting to go home and your family and all this kind of stuff. How are you getting out of here? 
So you mentioned the law library right now. When did that start uh, becoming part of your program? It was a part of my program from day one. I had nice. various individuals who was assigned to take me on certain missions, missions, missions of weights, missions of exercises in the ring, missions of law, law library, all those things. So you like uh, you say you're blessed. You had a I was blessed. Some people is not blessed like that. Mm-hmm. You can just come in and get ruined from the gate. Mm-hmm. So it's just everything is just the grace of God. What um how was this affecting was was there were you thinking about anything on the outside like family or anything during those first 15 years? Oh yeah, my mother passed away when I was in prison. My father oh, passed wow. away, my aunties and uncles, cousins, funerals. 31 years worth 31 of funerals years. that you couldn't make that I couldn't make. And I, and when I make those phone calls, you're hearing how you fucked up and you, cause you could have been here. You didn't love your family. You traded the streets or whatever it was for your family. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. And you have to, the sorrow and the regret is, a it's, it's all waking. When you, uh, how early, who was, uh, I guess, the first person that kind of impacted you when you found out that you lost them? Excuse me? Who was the first person that impacted you when you found out that you lost them? Well, I'm sure everybody, but who was the It first? was my cousin, Renee. And how did that, like, how early was that? In a few years, like, is part of those 15 or a little bit after? No, it was a little bit after. She passed away, like, about 20 years after my uh, initial incarceration, and they kept it from me for two months. And I was just on the phone talking to an auntie, and she just oh, mentioned yeah. Yeah. the funeral. And that's how I found out. And I right. said, excuse me? And she said, uh, uh, and it was out the bag. And that's how I found out. It's just pain after pain. They keep it from you because you can't pain do nothing. Right. It's just it's, it's something else. How hard was it trying to cope that, like knowing that you couldn't do anything right there? It was hard, and... When you don't know how to react to your emotions, that's what makes people make the wrong decisions. When you don't know how to control yourself. And when you're in prison, you do have the opportunity to learn those things about yourself. Mm-hmm. The inner, Everything is self-management, self-discipline, self-control. It's your fault. It's your fault that you couldn't handle the bad news. And then you went out here and did something. That's not that person's fault. So you have to control yourself. I see. Damn, that's you, it. It's nothing that you can bring outside your body mm. that's going to affect you. Whatever's going on with me, i got to contain it. I can't bring it outside my body, words or actions. And that's what they teach. They teach you a lot of psychology. And that's getting to know yourself. And, you, and getting to know yourself, you're going to have to have a purpose for yourself. That part. So what you said, fifteen years. What made you kind of? What was that eye-opening yeah. time that led you to now, like, do this whole switch up and really start focusing on you, getting yourself out? You know, what instance made you turn, like, turn around? I I started petitioning for my freedom. You know, writing writs and petitions, and I started learning about how big the world is. Mm. And, you know, I'm South Central Los Angeles, you know, Watts is around the corner, Compton is around the corner, Gardena, yeah. the Valley. You just jump in the car, drive for five minutes, you're in a different world. Oh, a different world. And then when you're reading all about 
what's going on with your case and all this information, how powerful these agencies are, what they doing, how I'm getting my attorney, the skills involved. It's bigger than just what you was doing, what you was doing. You was, what? Was there anything like in particular, though, that you said, okay, it looks like this might, I might have a shot that kind of made you keep going? Right. Like, was there a law that came out or was there, did you see someone go home that you're like, holy shit, if he went home, maybe I can go home type of deal? No, I faked it until I made it Mm. all the way up until I would say the last 10 years of my incarceration. No, I would say the last seven years of my incarceration is when I knew I'm getting out. There's a possibility. I knew I was getting out Okay, because I never actually took a life. That's the mm, one thing that trips me okay. out about your sentence. It's it's not, a, you didn't take a life. I believe it's attempted murder. Yeah, attempted right? murder. With the, with the other stuff, right? Right. But still, like you said, it's just crazy the amount of time that you served and even at the time, seven alive, how many times did you hear dudes that full-on manslaughters that get out less than that? Right. Know, and it's at like, at the end, but when, you do, when, you're, when, when you're studying law and you understand the penal code process, you understand how laws come in. It's the deterioration of crime. Mm. Okay, so we say 2023. When it's 2024, how many murders happen compared to 2022? Mm-hmm. So if they went up, oh, we might have to go up with the with the sentence. With the sentencing, yeah. okay. You know, that's how it works. Those The sentences that are here now weren't the same back in the day. Right. Everything's getting harsher. Yeah. The deterrence of crime. Especially here, you see... Done gentrified out the game. You same all these neighborhoods are gone. You know you get in trouble now for a lot of things that you normally wouldn't. So what were the first steps that you started taking to help yourself? I started listening mm-hmm. to those who were smarter than me. Touch on and how important that is. That's important, especially when you see a older homie doing something. Because you know I'm an influence, whether I want to admit it or not. Whatever I'm doing, I'm an influence. Somebody can look at me and say, oh, I'm not going to do that ever. Or, oh, I'm going to do that. You are influenced where it's bad or good. So when I saw that, I was, you know, I was encouraged to like, you know, to help myself. And then you can, you find out that it's, 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 it's harder to do what's right. That's what really separates you from the other individual is the self-restraint. Mm-hmm. What you ain't gonna do, what you won't do. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. I don't care how how bad I need some money. Or yeah. I'm not gonna do that. Just keeping yourself away from that. So you started listening, and so from there, what happened after you started listening? I started getting blessed more and more with knowledge. Mm. Positive knowledge. Yes. And what kind of positive knowledge? It's understanding what exists. You know. Like law and authority mm. and inventory. See, inventory is a big def- is a big word. And re- uh, inventory in relation to the prison. Inventory prison. in relation to the world. Okay, touch on that. Touch yeah, on that. please. Okay, so everything you see, everything, where do it come from? China. No, no, no. no, Made in China. I'm sorry. Okay, but no. Everything you see comes out the ground. 
Ah. Everything. All the metals, all the stones, everything comes out the ground. Okay, so therefore, the scientists, we forged the earth. Right. For all its elements, and the scientists manufactures all what we see, glass, plastic, everything comes out the ground. It's all free. Water comes out the sky, out the ground. Oil comes out the ground. Natural gases come out the ground. Everything is free. It's just the earth is being mined and forged for all its ingredients. And then territories has been sectioned off through colonializations and conquerings. Which and, is happening to and this we, day. And yeah. it's all today, the hustle and bustle. And we are supposed to be increasing the standard of our life through lawful business and reward. And those sections is laborer, contractor, or financer. Yeah. My, my eyes just opened up because I never even thought about that. In that perspective, like literally every everything come thing out the ground. comes out the ground. Well, I think that's a na- it goes back to Native American philosophy. They believe that no one owns anything. There's no idea. Yeah. It's property. So therefore, Western ideology. The first definition of inventory. Who does it belong to? Who's this? Ooh, okay. Who, who's who? All this belong to? And everybody has different thoughts on who. It it's your perception of things. Yeah, perception. Yeah. Okay. Now, the government is supposed to take care of you. Mm-hmm. It's taking care of me through you too, right? You have helped me. Mm-hmm. The government has given you the ability to help me, mm-hmm. and it goes on and on and on. And it's up to you to be creative. To figure out the way, yeah, the way all of the all of the all of the pieces are right here. You know, we uh, to make it simple. You know, the alphabet is from A to Z, right? Now, who said you're gonna have to learn A B C D E F G? You might learn A B C and then X Y, and then you got G and J over here. You don't even know. You ain't caught up to that yet. Yeah. You got all the pieces. It's your creativity that puts that master. Everything, that's, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything has been redesigned anew. Mm-hmm. So it's up to your creativity to, to, to you know, redesign something new. Mm-hmm. So how did that mindset play in part when you were incarcerated, knowing about, like, the inventory mindset, the listening? How, like, what, I guess, steps were you taking when you're incarcerated knowing this? Okay, well... I was a mentor. I've done this. I, you know, I've been AA chairman, NA chairman, in the classroom, you know, a celly coming in, teaching them how to read. I've been all that. Mm. So, you know, that's just me. What, what was the first thing that you did towards, um, like, starting to build your, your, your portfolio to get out? Was it a self-help group or was it, what kind of, was it a cert or was it Coastline College or something like that? I did Coastline College, but it was L-top. What's that? LTOP was a program that allows you to get inside yourself, as mm-hmm. in the emotional part of the trauma. You know, like the classroom would be only about seven people, and they would have to be volunteer. Yeah. Because the discussion is really deep. You know, I mean, confessions of murder in the room. 
And then that, there's a free staff hosting there, There's a this, free huh? staff yeah. hosting it, and he can only talk so much uh. because he never killed nobody. So he can't go all the way with the conversation with a person who's, so, who's been there. So that was the teacher's aide. The teacher's aide was next to him, and he has confessed all his sins and everything, and he can just tell you how he felt. And he's, you know, it, it's deep conversations. I mean, grown man crying and just like, I heard some stories that's just, wow, I just, you know, yeah, <laughs> mine yeah. is nothing. Mine is nothing. Tragic. Like, wow. Oh, I, I, I had a celly where he found his sister dead in the house when he was a kid playing and the smell. Oh, and then man. they all go, they all, his sister is missing for like four days and, you know, and he, they're not even telling him, you know, the parents. And he's playing with other kids, and they smell something, and they go in there, and he finds his sister. Wow. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's just deep. Deep. You think that's what kind of, like, gave you the tools to keep moving forward? No. It, it, coping? It's all of it together. All of it all together. There's no single thing. It's all of it together, and it's just like... Life is too short. You, you just understand how precious life is. And then when you see the innocent die, little kid getting killed, straight bullet or something, and he didn't have a chance, and then here you are going through all this and all these chances, and you're a grown man, and he didn't even have a chance. Man. Innocent. You know that was an innocent life. Right. All that comes, comes to you, you know. So, so what happens when you go to board... Once you already have those type of things on your thing, do, you, you don't immediately get released, right? There, there's a couple times there where we touched on where you go to board. What happened to the one prior to, um, or the one where you started kind of gaining your, your certificate? Okay, the board is like this. It's like you're dealing with experience. It's just no faking it. I'm sitting in front of a, a, a seasoned, seasoned 40-year veteran. All of the crimes that can happen in the city is ran through his desk. All of the serial stuff. I mean, it's nothing. He can just look in your eyes and just mm. know you. So, and then he's done hundreds of these. He's just asking you questions, and you tell the truth. And you know, what kind of questions are happening during these? these it's like, why did you turn into that per? How did you turn into that person that committed that crime that day, Mister Bryant? And you would have to explain that. And it's just. All your fault, how you took everything the wrong way. Mm. And it ain't nobody to blame but you. And how you ignored all the signs, all the positive people trying to help you, the teachers, the coaches, your mother, your father. You rejected all that. You got to admit that. And then you got to do something. First you got to admit it. Then you got to change. You got to, it's big. You got to show change. Oh, it's big. I mean... It's big. And then you got the why, the why, and you're bringing up stuff in the past that happened to you that steered you wrong. You saw this, this happened, and it made you mad, and you kept on, you know, mm. and you running from yourself. Yourself, you are the most dangerous person is you to yourself. Mm -hmm. People don't hurt you. You hurt yourself. You did these interviews how many times, you said, before you got released? Uh Oh, I did like about four board hearings, but, four board hearings. you know, I have uh, created curriculums. You know, there's a, a program called HFM, 
that's being introduced into the prison system, that's where the inmate really sits down and he's close contact with the other inmates that are dying of cancer or wow. hospice, that's... you know, things like that. So I was introducing a program with that, and that really opened. I, that, was when the, that put me next to doctors and nurses mm-hmm. in the hospitals late night just hearing all the stories about life and how their kids are going through. You have professionals with kids that are incarcerated. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just because you're a judge or just because you are a warden or a captain or something, I don't mean no one in your family is not serving time somewhere. Yeah. So well, it's, it hit home. It's hit, hitting yeah, home. Yeah. It used to be a big stigma. Ooh, you know, you can't get a job. You got a, you got, you're a convicted felon. Oh, you know. It's not like that no more. What, did, what was it, HFM? What did that stand for? That's a, a healthcare facility maintenance. Healthcare. And that's everything from fixing things to helping a patient to the, hot, to, to, to the shower. I'm, gotcha. I'm, I'm almost doing things that I need to have a license. It's just that yeah. much. Sounds like a like damn near in-house type nurse or something like that. Almost. You know, they are, I, you know, they are, they are call, and then I'll be asked to come to the hospital at any time of the day to mm-hmm. take care of things. And all of the chemicals, all of the blood-borne pathogens, I know all that, that DMS, how to take care of the books, they taught me all that. This was towards the latter half of your sentence? No, this happened like the, i say yeah, the latter half, okay. latter half, about five, six years before I was released. Got you. So, what other, uh, what kind of other programs did you participate in that kind of were eye opening for you too? Well, uh, PB Jobs got me a union. I'm a local union, two one three local carpenter right now. But in prison, I worked on it with wood making furniture. I loved it that. So what? How, so how? Is that something that still happens now? Like, yes, they have industries they in prison. It, yeah, I think so. One of the big um, players in the prison system right now. Well, I mean, it was a few years ago. Was a PIA Prison Industrial Authority? I believe yes, it is. that is. Um, for the one that I worked at, they had laundry. They had, if I'm not mistaken, San Quentin still doing the the license plates. Um, mm. The other ones they do the the bars of soap. The other, there's another one that does uh, the actual clothing, right? The sewing of it. Each spot, some not it is not in all the prisons, but that's the biggest kind of like I don't know what would you call it, Richard? Is it a? I don't know. They they're in the prisons, but I don't know what. Okay, I, I'll touch base with this. Okay, now this is part of the prison industry. How it how it feeds itself and it sustains itself. Okay, you can contract to the prison. You can have a business and have the prison inmates make the stuff for you. What? You Which pay is, the yeah. prison, and then the prison pays the inmates. What? Simple Sen- as that. on the dollar, It's right? like a contract, <laughs> and you can get that contract through, what is it, uh, SB, uh, SAM.gov. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a government contract, so that's, that's just real. That's just how simple it is. But everything is being contracted to the prison system. All of the food, the water, everything, all of the computers, all of the furniture, every place is contracting to the well-being of the construction of the prison. You know, mm-hmm. so all these companies is, is, is selling their stuff to the prison system. And even, and the biggest one is the, uh, the new inventions of the necessary weapons that they need. What? The necessary uh, 
beanbag guns, the necessary armor. Everything has to be upgraded. You know, every so often, that's, the, that's how it goes. Oh, we got the new gun that shoots, you know, uh, uh, 12 uh, uh, gas bullets, mm. you know. The other you're, one you're was talking seven. about on the on the on the prison side. The it's guard, right? everything. They, they, everything everything yeah. is money. Everything yeah. from the gardener to the plumber, the maintenance, the trash, the food, everything, the furniture, everything is being trucked in through a separate agency getting a check from the prison system, and the taxpayers is paying everything. Yeah. That's mind-blowing because I did not... And then it's all free because everything comes out the ground. Back to inventory. Yeah, so So, it's just a big, revolving, complicated circle of what? Prison industrial complex. Okay, so now when we... And we can talk about weapons, drugs, and violence, the judicial system, courts and laws, prisons and institutions, judges and attorneys. That's a lot. Law enforcement and criminals, specific individuals... Al Capone, Babyface Nelson. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about this until we drop dead. Yeah. But where do we turn the page? So I want to, that's one thing. When did you start learning about this, the whole of the system, you know, laws and knowing oh, okay. So let's talk well, about that. And what year did you start that when you were incarcerated? I started that slowly from the beginning, but it just, you have to, you have to, you know, with law and fighting your case like that. I had to let it go. I, it was just, you know, it stresses you out. You mm-hmm. have to take breaks mm-hmm. and take breaks. Mm-hmm. And then when I went for it the last time, well, I, 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 can, I can't even account how much money I spent during my incarceration trying to litigate my case. I can't even tell you how much. You were doing reading yourself, though, right? I was doing reading myself, which is copies to be involved, postal services, you investigating uh, uh, requesting information, it's just, in, and you're waiting months to get stuff. You know, it's, 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 it's something else. But to make a long story short, I started trying to get myself out of prison. And the time, it took so long to where the rehabilitation process was even quicker. I can just tell the truth and learn what happened and qualify to get out rather than to try to petition and say I didn't do the crime or they sentenced me this way and it shouldn't have been. I'm still, I'm guilty of the crime, so I'm Not trying you. to find an okay. error, you know. So that's what that's what your efforts were, were first. You were putting all your marbles in that by right. doing the legal stuff. Okay, going now that I'm going to get to this, though. And, and when you get to the part to where I can just learn about myself, and prove myself rehabilitated and get out. So when I began that, then I didn't have no other free time. I mean, I didn't have no other extracurricular activity. Mm. So then I decided to, well, okay, well, I guess I'll study the United States of America from its birth. Mm. So then I put uh, Great Britain and the United States side by side, and I started reading history all the way up from that. And that's how you just get into the government. I mean, that's the law-abiding business reward lane, right? So then, you know, the United States government, the United States Constitution, the Bill of Rights, you know, all of the stuff. United States Treasury Department. 
the Security and Exchange Commission. I corresponded with them while I was in prison. Damn, really? Yeah. In what way? I petitioned uh, information that you had. Like everything, if it's not top secret, you're entitled to know. Hmm. Now, what's top? What's not top secret? You might think it is about the channels that you got to go through to get the information. Yeah, like you might want to know what's the patent or something. You might want to know what's in Pepsi Cola or everything, and you would have to request that in a way, and then they would let you know exactly what's in Pepsi Cola. You won't be able to duplicate it because they can just drop something in there and tell you all the ingredients. So you won't be able to duplicate, it, but you're entitled to know what's in Pepsi Cola, and you would have to request that. And there's different ways that you request information through the government. They have printing offices and everything. Let me go through a couple of departments. They have a central department, a national department, a federal department, a general department, foundations, agencies, commissions, facilities, boards, banks, administrations, corporations, services, and systems. You can't even deal with the United States government unless you're dealing with them through an entity. You can't deal being what? A LLC, a uh, S corporation, a C corporation. Mm, mm. You can't just deal with the United States government at, on your personal. They don't recognize you as a personal person. Why? These are the things you need to know. We need to know what systems yeah. are doing, patterns are doing, rather than what they lead to the influences. That's a whole rabbit hole in itself, man. It each, is. It really each is. Each single system. Like, that's why I didn't even know. This is my first time hearing that you could really get that kind of information. How did you utilize that? When you, did you have to go through these loops when you were incarcerated to kind of find your, the, like, the reason as to why you were able to get out? Or, like, well, I'm into law, authority, and inventory. Uh huh. That's what I'm into. That's my perception of things. Yeah. So the name of my LLC is called Spear-Sided, S-P-H-E-R-E, the perception of things. That's it. Mergers and acquisitions. That's just what it's about. Mm-hmm. Mergers and acquisitions. We are merging. We're, we're conducting commerce right here. Mm-hmm. We're, cha- we're exchanging conversation. Anything, Everything falls yeah. up under that. Mm. Buy, sell, loan, trade. We're trading words. That's interesting. I've never seen him in that perspective as well. Yeah. Damn. So, so I mean, take us to to the. So you had four boards. On the fourth one, that's the one that you ultimately get found suitable. Right. right? Take us maybe to that day. Okay. Well, I'll take you before that. Mm-hmm. The I would say the third board, and you can. I'll pretend that you're the commissioner. It goes well. You tell me to come back in three years. Okay. Three years? Yeah. So if it goes well, why would they make you come back? Well, going well, I came in there thinking that I might got, I I, I went in there thinking that I might be denied five years. It went real well. Damn. So a three-year denial is considered a good thing then? Yes. Okay. And I got back in his face in a year and a half. Ooh. I think it's, I, I'm tripping on how the, that time frame, why is it so long still? Is it because you still have a sentence that you have to meet, Okay, now, like, you have, question, yeah, you got to understand that they got to make sure. And then, like, like if, if, if he tells you to come back in three years, that's enough time for you to get in trouble if you ain't doing the right thing. 
that's enough time for something to happen. Got you. So do you think they're doing it with that purpose? Yeah, like, they're testing everything. They're testing you, everything. Basically. They got to see, is this not a gimmick? You know, okay. And then, like, we already accustomed to taking bad news the wrong way. Mm. You know? I love like that. That, that definitely makes sense. Right. Yeah. So, I you know, you tell me, uh, we're not going to let you out until three years from now. And then I'll get up and mad oh, wow. and go out here and do something, right? Or I get up and try to make it where I come back even quicker. Mm. And then you might get the letter saying, uh, we reevaluated that and we're going to see you now. You don't know who's watching. So you got to be able to take bad with the good. No, we're not giving you the raise, right? So now you ain't going to work hard. Yeah, damn. I did. That's an ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes my oh mind my goes gosh. that way. Yeah, no, and we conditioned that. to, yeah. you know, we can't take it, emotional setbacks, mm -hmm. stressed, all right. of the things. The normal stresses of life is what make us go down that bad lane. Right. The normal stresses of life. We don't have enough money. Something's going on. The normal stresses of life. Some kind of conflict that we couldn't resolve or we couldn't figure out an alternative or a solution to. We caused something and now this is the effect. Right. So when you went back, what did what what happened there? Did was that part of the deny uh, your fourth one? Was that is that considered like a whole new going up to board when he told you to come back? Yes. That's, that's considered that. Okay. Okay, like a lot of the stuff that's gonna be addressed the first time you go to the board will be the things you need to do because they wake your game the first up. time okay. you think you think you know something you're dealing with the district attorney right there you're dealing with no idea the commissioner who's going to be 40 years into his career and then you have a deputy commissioner and then you have three other people there and then that whole window is shaded ain't no telling who's back there you don't get to see them i'm thinking oh, you're, you're right here under, in front of them. You're, my hands is like this i'm talking like this and when i raise them up there's a puddle of sweat and i got them oh handing God, me yeah. napkins that's nothing do you like some water oh you're under the pressure would you like a five minute break hot seat right 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 hot seat it's just hot seat so you're looking at something and it's a it's a one-way mirror type deal no no that's just on the side okay on so the what's side in front of, of you then it's them like oh. you and then you have somebody back there somebody whoever that is whatever that is yeah. that's intensive man. intensive there's nothing more powerful than that i can handle anything there's nothing more powerful than that situation i can handle anything it's wild after that <laughs> Like when yeah. you, like for my when I'm looking at it, is why I think in this perception, you're literally sitting in a room with individuals that are literally determining your life right now. That's and you got and then life. there's a person in the corner where you can't like we're talking. There could be a person in the corner just observing you. That might be the the main person that no, you even he's know. not the he's not the main person. He's a voice, hmm. and he is qualified to tell the commissioner what he saw in you. So what is he seeing based off your mannerisms? On All the way that you're you, dealing you're with professional people. You. Okay. You're talking about a professional psychiatrist looking at you and he's going to give their opinion to the commissioner after it's over with. 
professional people. Were you right. purposely like looking down just so you don't get in, like intimidated, or were you like? No, you just have to be normal. They know you're scared, so they it's nothing. That. You all your games that's gone out the window. All you're trying to, all that's out the window. It's just the real you. You're gonna cry in there mm-hmm. when they get to like, you know, it's everything. It's, you're gonna cry in there. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna if you don't cry, they're gonna call you a monster. You, so you think that's, you have to cry in order to... The stuff that's being said, you're going to cry. If you cry. don't cry, it's, it's like, wow, how can you be that? You know, it's, it's hitting everything that they can imagine, everything they know your whole life. And they're making you talk about it. And you're saying everything is also related to the crime, right? How did you become that person that oh, did so that stuff that day? That. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm comparing this all to is... Um, that that movie Shawshank, y'all seen that movie? Shawshank, Shawshank. Or, good movie. No, I've seen that no, movie. With Morgan Freeman yeah, when he when he sat in front of the parole yeah. board. This is way different experience. Uh, it sounds like it's yeah, Shawshank. because he was faking it like he had to be this good person. Then when he said, it's, "I don't care no more," and exactly. just gave up. The, yeah, yeah. So I'm over here thinking like that, but your your experience sounds way more intense than than what these movies portray. Like it, it's just I'm sorry to bring that up. I know it's a little off topic, but yeah. Um. So. Then you went into the third one, the third or the were the fourth one, the third one where they told you, okay, three years from now, no, during year and those, a half, or, he was in the he was in there in front of them a year and a half after the third one. Right. So what did you do in between then? Oh, I, when I walked out of there, I knew what I had to do, and I just got busy with it. It was fun. I knew I'm getting out. They gave Our, you some things to do. Yeah, they send you on missions. What kind of missions are they? And that is to go study this, okay. go study okay. that, go study this. Education and assistance. It's your fault that you're not getting out. It's your fault that you're not being mm, educated. Cool it's your it. yeah. fault. All you got to do is like I said, giving and receiving is the same thing. It's the same thing. All I got to do is be willing to learn, and eventually, that pertinent information is gonna be is gonna get ran by me. Right. What, when did they, uh, or I'm sure you remember the exact words too, what was said that, that the, on the fourth one when, you, when that was it, that he gave you the answer, you're coming home, you're whatever? I wish I would have brought my closing oh, arguments that I said. Oh, so you prepped yourself. In, in no, I had a that. closing argument. So they give you that. They're like, all right, you get the last word, basically? Yes. Ooh, that's tough, huh? What yes. Do you, what, how do you, how, what, what parting you words right. can you give them to... I'm sure you're thinking like, what am I? What can I say right now to give them an everlasting impression of why I should? I go told home, them right? that I didn't even deserve to be released. Oh my God! On that fourth one, you told them that. I said, I said, oh. I'm not here because I earned my way out of prison. I'm here because the board has given me the opportunity to confess my crimes, and I just began talking about how I was. And the state of mind that I was in at the time that I create, I committed my life sentence, and that I couldn't see past two weeks into the future. Mm. That's interesting. And my mind was just based on trivial uh, acquiring things. I would really look. I wish I had my. It's in my car too. I would. I could. I can read it to you guys. You have the exact one. The exact one in my car. I'm willing to cut. To, Either to that, catch or that. we can also put. Um, 
something on like the Instagram post. We can put something there where yeah, they can do take that. a look yeah. at it too. You know. Okay, we'll I want to read. I don't want nobody to take a okay, look at gotcha. it. I would okay. like to read it. Can I go get it? Absolutely. Yeah, you know what? Let's yeah, do it. Do Let, we'll take a quick little do break. Let's do end. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so the crazy thing that just happened, right? When I asked, when I asked you, Richard, what did the what did the commissioner say? What did you say to them? You said. I have the actual transcript in my car, right? right? Yes. We put it on pause. We got the transcript now. So instead of just going off the top of the head, you actually have exactly what you said, and we'll love to hear, you know. And I like how you just said, going off the top of your head, because I did that in three previous board hearings mm. and just fumbled all over my words, gotcha. being nervous and scared. Oh, man. So you would have to write it down because there's no way that you could just go verbatim mm -hmm. with what you really want to say when you didn't know exactly what was going to be said in the hearing in the first place. So you can't come off the cuff like that. So the this first is time what I, I heard that. I'm glad you touched on that. So this is what I said. Okay. I said, thank you, Commissioner and Deputy Commissioner, for allowing me to submit and or read into the record my heartfelt written words. I'm nervous, and at this hearing, I certainly want to express exactly what I know without stumbling through my closing response, forgetting something, or sounding confusing. I begin, first and foremost, my understanding of law enforcement and the judicial system has evolved tremendously during my incarceration. And to this panel and board, I want to candidly convey my correct, excuse me, my current respect for all the police officers who willingly risk their lives on the front line every day, serving and protecting our communities. Through to the judges and attorneys who litigate and interpret law, I consider them all to be honorable positions of humanitarian duties and perceive such individuals as nothing other than heroines, heroes, guardians of our constitutional rights and democracy, which are to me the necessary pillars and cornerstones of this nation that I am fortunate enough to be born in. Therefore, I can only respect how the district attorney feels in regards to my readiness or worthiness to be trusted with freedoms again in society. Commissioner, without question, I am guilty of terrible crimes. All of my crimes are unforgivable, and I find it very uneasy and disrespectful for me to even think that I could, at some point, earn my way out of prison. I feel that my privilege of having this hearing today is that this panel and board has given me the opportunity to say out loud and hold myself accountable and responsible for all of the senseless and horrible acts that I have committed in my life. I furthermore say, Commissioner, at the time of my life crimes, I couldn't imagine above material wealth, nor vision beyond two weeks into the future. Through my shallow knowledge, corrupt intelligence, and perverted understanding, my warped faculties were polluted with self-destruction insensitivity, and idolism. Everything that I believed, felt, thought, and did was short-sighted and superficial towards the immediate acquisition of empty riches and trivial control over life's normal stresses. Commissioner, there was a period during my incarceration when growing old and dying in prison wasn't even a figment of my imagination. But now, I sit here today in front of you 
as a studious, mature adult, totally different from that reckless, deviant youth that first arrived in prison over 30 years ago. Now I am structured with self-control, self-discipline, self-management, and definitiveness of purpose. I can't take back what I have done to people, how I have hurt them. I can't change what I took them through. I can't change the past. All I'm capable of doing is apologizing, and apologizing in a fashion that can be seen as well as heard, an apology of good character, a better standing, and with constructive deeds. Commissioner, I have been the taker, the liar, and the assailant, and I do comprehend those filthy dispositions. As I consciously reflect the numerous family members who sincerely tried to help me, the positive people, teachers, coaches, professionals, and working class citizens who tried to steer me in pro-social directions, I failed myself and I failed everyone who cared, wanted, and assisted me in life. Everyone in this room, Commissioner, other than myself, are of service in some aspect to the state of California, thereby a contributor to the makeup and harmony of humanity. And I, too, can help someone understand something beneficial about living a law-abiding lifestyle, the pro-social style of living that should truly reflect the attitude and values of a decent person. Commissioner, to be able to do something, anything that is contrary to all of the disappointment, pain, tragedy, and others have suffered because of me has become my focus point of my hopes. The truth about myself is my crimes and my downfall. My life story that I have created and failure has taught me everything that, that I profoundly understand. And I know that it's a part of someone else's destiny that I pay it for it, like it was given to me. I won't hesitate to permit my experience to be someone else's unsought knowledge of not spending the rest of, the, of their life behind bars, mm. surrounded in their feelings of sorrow and regret for the awful things that they did. Thank you, Commissioner and Deputy Commissioner. And that was my closing that statement. That was it right there. Yeah, I had to write it out because I didn't want to just try to remember everything I want to say at the last minute. And so that's just how, how intense those, uh, those hearings can be. I, I can imagine, man. And then, and then sometimes you also think when you write it down, it may sound... I'm thinking you already thinking like, am I going to sound too robotic, too mechanical while I'm reading this? What right. What's the style that you have to present to these people? Because they're like they ha they're scrutinizing every single thing you do at these hearings. Right. Yeah. They are scrutinizing it, but they're taking you to your ability. I mean, you're dealing mm. with seasoned professionals. This is the top of the professional. There's no right. other professionals that they can put in your face. So they, if you might not. You might be artistic, so they treat you as such. Okay. You know, okay. you might not be able to read well. You know, me not being able to read well, that don't have nothing to do with me <clears throat> being able to express myself in the ways. They'll figure out a, a good way for me to be able to communicate with them and to give them the answers that they need. Got you, got you. Thank you. Man, yeah, no, thank, thank you, you for sharing that, man. That was uh, deep, and we're hoping to, to you know, maybe cut it out. We'll put it in the whole interview, but yeah. post that as well, because I think that's that's what you said in those words 
like people don't understand it's not just something you just read you literally use that to get free from a 31 from a life sentence after 31 years yes. you know that is ultimately one of the things that the deciding factor there decided yeah. your life your future Man. literally that those words right there yeah. that's a w- crazy way to put it in that yeah. perspective i'm i, I want to know what was uh, the commissioner's response or who's the first one to respond after you read something like that his response was uh that's a good question are you running for office? Oh, man. No, really? Yeah. That's what his response was. And was, was. that a good thing? Good yes, he's laughed. He said, are you running for office? How'd you, how did you take that? He smiled. It was just, okay. he okay. smiled. He said, he said, he just leaned back and he's like, are you running for office? And I said, I just looked at him and he said, okay, this meeting is adjourned. He got up, came back, and uh, we're letting you go. What? Wow. How long was that? When he got yeah. up and left, how long was that? Like About an hour. Oh, so you're sitting there for an hour waiting for a response? I'm, I'm seeing, I'm not seeing here. I'm, I, I get up and I go to another room with other people waiting. Remember, these is rooms going on at the same time. It's just oh, not me. Oh, a bunch of people going yeah, in just, there. Just, and then we're all in the room, you know, lunch breaks and all kinds of stuff. People sweating and you don't even want to talk. You're pacing. You're pacing. Yeah, I'm over here going through my thing. He's going through his. Everybody's going through their stuff. That's, bro. My heart would be beating. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very like just intense. Just not stuff. knowing what's about to happen. So they call you back in. Call you back in the hour and tell you the facts. You said you. They call you back in. Walk us through what happened. Like they. Oh, uh, he was just like uh, I boohooed like a baby. Boohooed like a baby. As soon as he said, uh, "I find you suitable." I, I just find I just suitable. put my head down and started crying. I can cry right now. hundred percent. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, and I got up out of there and couldn't believe it. While you were waiting for that time while everyone else, was there anyone coming in getting denied or getting granted that were pumping people up? No, not right then because not it was right too then. soon. We we're all going at the same time, okay. but in different locations. So, and then we all got to leave at the same time. So we're going to know. We're going to know. Okay. I'm going to know exactly what happened to you because we're getting on the same van going back to the same place. Right. So this isn't even done at the prison. It is done at the prison, it but it's done in a location. The prison is acres. Right. Yeah. Okay. At different locations, you know. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was like maybe going on like medical, but in this case, no, they, type of yeah, office they, or something. They don't be walking important people around they don't do that. like okay. that, you know. Damn, Man, this is deep. yeah, yeah that's like, the truth. This is the first time I, I go, I've, and I'm like happy for you. Even yeah, now. you're here now. You've been out oh, a few years, son, but yes. still, just thinking back to that moment is is insane. Knowing that that was only 2019, right? Only 2019 is 2023. That was only four years ago, and you read that, and that's what got you. You know what you just said? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This happened. Uh, this happened in seven. 2019, and I got released in 10, 2019. I was out three months three later. Months. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Three Whoa. months later. So, so what happens? You go now. You get granted this. <laughs> right. Do you oh, start giving all your stuff away? Oh, everything. Oh, you did. Oh, I'm everything. Ripped. They was okay. all around. Oh, it was like I had to wait until the last day to give the real last stuff away. Right. Everything's right. gone. Because you still don't know the time frame in which they're going to let you out, right? Or did they tell you three months from now? No, you don't know, week? but you know it's about that time, three, yeah. four months. Okay. And you just walking around, can't believe it. 
What what prison was this from? If you don't mind, me I asking. parole from Soledad. Okay, so and the reason I ask is because I know some prisons are more known for lifers coming home than others, right? Yeah. Soledad is one where they. I don't know what's going on no more because mm. I'm gone. But it was a whole crazy transition. I mean, they took us through all kinds of stuff with the prison system, with lifers trying to go home. Mm -hmm. I mean, they put us in harm's way in every way that you can imagine to test to see where you, oh my God. where you know, oh man. So the day comes, they come knocking somewhere I or something, they start well, cleaning. Yeah, like, it's I going on, it's a slow process. You wake up in the morning, you know this is the day you're going, everybody's around, you know. Saying goodbye. And you got the way, and you know, you're saying goodbye for three hours. And then you finally going, you're getting on the van, and then you're being, you, you being vanned out to the Greyhound station. What I, I I'm curious to know what you're thinking during all this because at the same time you talked about it earlier you lost a lot of people family during that time so what who are you thinking about you're going home to or what you're like oh. what are you thinking about Well I didn't tell no one in my family that I had got I was found suitable no because way. I didn't know whether I was gonna get found suitable or not and the last couple of times we spent a lot of money on just getting ready, thinking I'm gonna get found suitable. Mm -hmm. So we're spending all that money and then when I get denied, it's sad, it's so sad. So I never, I stopped telling them when I was gonna go to the board. I couldn't, I couldn't take them through that. So nobody so, knew. So like I went to the board the first time and I told my family and, we, and, and when I got denied, I never told them again. After that first time? Because I, I didn't wanna take them through that because that, oh, that hurt me so bad, you know. So I went to the board three more times without them knowing. And then when I got released, they didn't know until I called them on the phone and I'm out. Wow. That has to be a crazy thing. They couldn't yeah. believe it. I'd be like, I'm out. Out where? Out where? Out, out. And yeah. <laughs> Who was that. the first person you called? My brother. Nice. Oh, your older brother, the one yeah. from Michigan. No, kind of, yeah, he went to Michigan State. He graduated from Michigan State University. But he's in Texas right now. In Texas, yeah. Okay, wow, damn. So what do you say when you, right. yeah. Oh, he couldn't believe it. It's just, he just couldn't believe it. It was just so, it was amazing. Did you tear up? Oh, yeah, I cry a lot when it come down to that. I can't hold it in. You know, it's oh, deep. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. Family. So from there, you took your Greyhound. And you, I went to... Uh, three six health right three sixty transitional. Yeah, uh, real quick, you know what uh, trips me out too about you saying they just released you. That sounds kind of like the the normal avenue for most inmates. I got released like that too. I did five, nowhere near as much time as you. What 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 I bring into question is like somebody that did thirty one years. You would think there would be a different process towards. You know what I mean? Like, you haven't it's even the, seen a the, phone yet, you know? like It's terrible. It's terrible. Even the, the the $200, that was eaten up at the Greyhound. They gave you just $200. $200. What, what about the money you earned and all that during that time? I mean, you you get the... Especially if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your family's not taking care of you, you are, you are, you are hurting. And if you have a good PIA job, it can sustain you. But savings, uh, that's kind of hard. 200 So that whole Greyhound um, thing was solo? No, it was two other uh, okay, guys. Okay, man, because I'm thinking, like, you would think you would need somebody to, 
walk you through a little bit. That's your true. transition's gonna be way different than somebody that just got released right along with you that did a year. Yeah, you know? but there's not a guide involved. Right. There's no guide involved. I get I get van to the Greyhound station, and he makes sure that I'm paying for that ticket, and I got the ticket, and he looks at me, get on that Greyhound get bus, and that's it. You report to see your parole officer in two days. And then you, when you sit down in front of your parole officer, that's when they're going to get all what's going on with you. So where'd you go as soon as you got off that bus? I went to Health Right 360. They dropped you off there. You had to find your way there. I had to find my way there oh, from man. Metro. And oh, I'm my talking about no phone, no nothing. No phone. I'm scared to death. And I have and I have over a hundred pounds worth of property. What was that? All legal? All paper. My notes from prison. Mm. I mean my notes. Everything that I didn't give away that I couldn't let out of my I had them in my trunk of my car. Scared to let them out of my possession. My notes were a hundred pounds. Of notes. That's a whole tree right there. At least. Uh, uh, how I you, mean, like man. this. Yeah. Satchel. <laughs> so you went to the metro. Like, what was it? Like, you looked That's at the what maps. Like, ask. what happened? Yeah. Like, I'm asking everybody questions. Okay, first of all, this would happen. I, I, I caught the Greyhound to the train station. Mm. Like an Amtrak or something? Yes. Okay. And then the Amtrak. To the metro, something like that. I forget how that. Like I think it was three different things. Yeah. And I didn't know nothing about nothing. I'm asking questions, and I'm just like, can't you know? And I'm picking up my stuff, moving it, because you know I got all you this all property. That, yeah. And then I, when I get to Health Right 360, they just welcome me with open arms, and I don't even know if this place exists really. I've been given this address, and I'm going to find man. out. So crazy. One of those. And when I get there, it's like about 12 o'clock at night. I caught the cab to the place from the metro, and they they open everything up, and it's real. And what would you tell the cab? Like, look, all I all I have is this address. This is all I know. I take said, me there. Take me there. And he's like, oh, like, man, that's like, take me there. as hell. So I get there, and I don't know if this place is open or closed, 12 o'clock at night. And they're open. I push the button, and they're like, okay, we've been expecting you. I come in, and it's all love, just like with you guys. Damn. All love. And I bubbled from there. My first job, I worked at a high-end supermarket. I was making $90 a day in tips, bagging groceries. They were tip. They tip people. They were bagging twenties right over the right in right over the cash register. I'm bagging up groceries and they're handing me five tens dollars. Who? <laughs> like this in Beverly Hills? Like, no, where's it, this was in, it was it was in Hollywood. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Gelson. I mean, was it Gelson? Oh, Gelson's. There you go. Yeah, nice oh, Gelson's like a yeah, high, high end, end. grocery I mean, store. Like I seen. One I think I know exactly what I seen nine hundred and something dollars worth of groceries in six bags in a grocery bag. Oh my god! Is that like is that like a boss shit right there? Like is that? I mean, <laughs> you're that paying like, I ten to store for that much. <laughs> you're paying ten dollars for a chopped up onion. Oh yeah, man. 
Gelson's is, is something else, man. That's like that's where you get the, the and most. And you know what? I, I shout out to that market for giving you an opportunity. Right? No, let's oh, say, yeah. no, that's what a real serious like, step. Like, and it was through people ready agency. Ah, they're still around. We utilize yeah, them too. People ready. Yep. This is this is a big important factor because I didn't even think about what you said right now giving you the opportunity to to be able to do that like you have 90 percent of the guys coming out here thinking they can't do nothing that Man. they can't even work in the market that they can't even do oh, this or no, that no, no, they no. can i gotta go back to to uh to doing what i used to do but people need to realize yo you have resources you could get a job don't think you can't you can still do anything in this world and and there's a little there's a catch to it too they they they're under the impression that uh, ex-cons or whatever I want to call mm-hmm. us, we are more dependable than other people because we've been away. We've been working hard right. for little or nothing. So this is more money, more freedoms. We work. Right. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when you get to health right, um, you get situated and everything. What's the first thing that somebody tells you that you need? I'm thinking it's the phone. Does that come up? When does that come up? Like, hey, this, okay. is, this is it right here. Okay, yeah. But, like, I, I wasn't used to the phone, so I wasn't used to the phone. Mm-hmm. But so were you like, what the fuck when you no, first saw uh, it? You know, I, I've seen what phones look like. Now, okay. I'm not that blind because I was in there, but I wasn't owning none or nothing like mm-hmm. that. But anyway, so I know what all that is. So when I got to the room... My roommate, he has the phone and everything, so he let me call, and I called and made that number. And then the next day, I was able to get a pass. Uh, You're not supposed to leave that soon, but the lady gave me a pass, and I went down the street to the the county court building and got an Obama phone the next Mm, day. Just like that. Came back in there with the Obama phone and was... Loving on it on like own? it. I keep forgetting. No, I didn't own? go. I didn't go on my own. No. Oh, you okay? I went with a partner. Okay, down yeah. there, and I was on that Obama phone like it was an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm forgetting this is 2019, so all that's in place. Obama phones and all that yeah. stuff. And and not only that, people wearing masks. Or when was that? Was that? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh oh, that's when I lost the job at Gleason's. Gelson's. Oh, Gelson's because of the COVID. The, yeah, through the COVID. Because they did mass layoffs or the vaccination? No, the uh, the agency wouldn't let us leave the building. Oh, mm. because oh yes. They, they were shut down for the yes. longest, man. How'd you feel, like, knowing uh, that you, you can't go nowhere? Did you feel like you were back in, in prison? I, uh, I wrote out... I wrote out... What was that? I wrote out an affidavit, and I had the director to read it, and I was going out anytime I wanted to. Wow. That's good, cause I told him if I can't, this is what's gonna happen. That's what, yeah. And he said, "You get to go wherever you want." Nice, nice. And there was, I'm sure, there was no point of contention because you, they knew you were doing nothing but trying to get your shit right. No, I know that you ain't got the authority to have me in this building twenty four seven. That's not. You got to obey the law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, you already put in. You're yeah, I mean, you know, know the rules is the down. rules. Yeah. Yeah. The rules is the rules. You so know? you through. I'm guessing through uh, Health Right, you found resources. Yeah. You got yourself. They helped, they helped me. So and then the counselors. And shout there. out to Health Right. Health Right 360. Right, yes, sir. And then you, what kind of resources did you jump into? You take training. Everything. They led you up to everything. They can lead you right up into 
construction, mm. you know, but your driver's license, your birth certificate, your social security card, you have an opportunity to go hunt jobs down, right. go shopping, go visit your family, everything you need, food, everything, television, yes. everything. They have it all. I loved it there. Everybody there was beautiful to me. Nice. You know what? That's because you, you took it the way you, you were supposed to. Right. I, I hate it when I hear, like, dude, like I said, you know, 16 with half complaining about that. I'm like, bro, this is a doggy dog world. Back in the day, I'm sure you, you were around for those days where people, lifers were coming home. There were no housing places for them. It you was, would figure it out in the street. Yes. And it wasn't no, they, and they were being denied jobs. Back in and, the, right. you had a you had a prison sentence. And that was it. Yeah, there was no sense. employment. No employment. Damn. So you took construction. Hmm. You took construction. Where yeah. did you do that? Well, you mean with uh, with here? Yeah. People? Yeah. If you want to go. Okay. Well, I did that with Miguel. Yeah. Miguel got Miguel. me hooked up with that, and Miguel, that's my buddy. We go way back, mm-hmm. and uh, he called me up and say, look. We're opening up stuff with the construction. Do you want to do it? And I said, yeah. And he, uh, he was downtown in front of Grant at 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, making sure I knew where to park. And I'm looking at him I'm like, wow. You were part of, uh, you worked at the Grand LA, huh? All that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Union Carpenter. Union huh? Carpenter to this day. I, 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 I have a registered LLC, Spears Sighted. Nice. I'm a union carpenter, local oh. 213. I'm a chef apprentice. Mm. I'm a forklift driver. And I am an associate, senior associate legal shield, a recruiter. All I heard was made man. That's all I heard. Many hats, but you know, <laughs> it ain't much money's going on and all that, but right. they titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. good. And, and for some of uh, for the viewers, PB Jobs had a big project um, to employ people like, like, like Richard that right. are coming up being previously incarcerated. At the Granite Project, it's on the corner of the it's Disney Hall. It's now the so Conrad right Hilton. Maple, yeah, 50, so fifty something story sky rise, Frank right. Geary. It's right next to the Disney Hall. It's it's um, you know, we had a, a great opportunity to work hand in hand with them and get. I think we were we placed over two hundred people into um, union right. jobs at that site. And you're one of those. And uh, Miguel yeah. Miguel got me hooked up with the union mm-hmm. and. This day, I know how to lay floor. I know how to throw up drywall, ceilings, walls, nice. baseboards, trim. Nice. You Man. know. So I got side hustles with, you know. Side that. hustles within side hustles. Yeah. Huh? I love it, man. Man, okay, so so how long have you been out now? You've been out three years? Uh, I think it's two years and, uh, wait. Uh, two, three, no, four it's years. Three years and uh, three months or something. Okay. Oh, right, November. Right. So December, January, two months, mm, three nice. years, two months. How, where do you see yourself right now? Like, do you feel like you're you're getting those things done that you wanted in this amount of time? Given the fact that you did thirty one years, you got three years out. You know, like, well, how's that I looking? want like the guy that's kind of like I want to meet Wallow. Okay, and you know Wallow was Who's a Wallow, so. Yeah, but he, well, he, he did he did he did life in California? Be, no, in uh, Philly, I believe oh, yeah, somewhere yeah. over. He, he's for sure a lifer though. Yeah, who's, he, he who's Wallow if y'all don't mind? Uh, Gilly and Wallow, which is a million dollars worth of game. Host big podcast because he was right. on there with David. 
How was he? Yeah. David Hold on, I'm probably having a brain yeah. fart. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna meet Wallow. Yeah, I, I thought wanna... it was like somebody like way off topic. Well, no, okay, no, mind. no, definitely. Because y'all be that. talking about. No, Wallow is on point. David is on point. Yeah. I, I, I wanna talk to those guys. Yeah, shout out David. Definitely. I know you've been and, working. You know, on... Hopefully, when this drops, that's the point. That's one thing I tell people when you do the interview. Throw out any of those things that you want to do to achieve because there's hoping what we can get out of here is some networking. Oh, okay, well, I'll put it out there like this then. Okay, now, during my little, uh, during my, uh, you know, during my occupation with the union, right, I rubbed elbows with foremans and superintendents, and one of my buddies just got his own local. So now I'm thinking about local. I want to contract a commercial situation between the union me and someone else. Damn, that's a good uh, that's a yeah, good way to go about it, man. So that's what I was thinking, you know, cuz uh I can find out exactly how to do that from the unions in and then on my part, you know, with real estate, I can try to mm. connect those pieces and flip a commercial property. Real quick, I know this is really off topic, yeah, yeah. but I want to point this out before we wrap up. Is your is your bracelet like tools? Are they a bunch of this tools? This is a carpenter's tool, yeah. What? Is Yo, that's <laughs> tough. Can I see that? Oh, Yo, man. we got to do a close-up no, of this real no, quick. No, no, you don't Let's be do out it. there like nah, that. Nah, this is dope. No, Brian. It's, it's tight. Like, no. He has every... Is that what that was? The whole time? We didn't do that off camera. Mm. Off camera. But it's like screwdrivers <laughs> and stuff, bro. It's like a bracelet with every tool. That's dope. Yeah. But hey, but overall... <laughs> I see it. That's um, overall, I appreciate... You being here, man, like for real, like I think we're going to, I think we might get you back on Up On Game maybe uh, to yeah, kind of talk I mean, about your experience, their entrepreneur experience and you becoming your own contractor and stuff like that. Or not only that, but your career in the construction industry. You know, oh, well, I so want to get to that part now. Talk, no, no, it's oh. all right. No, we could talk. That's a, a whole separate, okay. a whole separate, separate segment we could do. But I, we do, we have another uh, series where we, right. it's not really, um. Like testimonies, it's more somebody learned something, a gig, or they or they're just founders of a whole organization or something. Right. And uh, we'll have them come speak and kind of give us their how they got there and everything. Everyone that we bring on those those episodes, basically anyone that's been formerly incarcerated has the ability to do that. That's right. The point exactly. Of the, the right. There you go. So, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely do something yes, like sir. that. But um, what are some final words uh, to wrap it up on that you would give to either youth, adult, or anybody in general? And if you want to tell straight to that camera right there. Find you some business. Mm. There you go. Hey, wise word from Richard, that, man. man. Thank yep. you so much, Richard. Yo, give him love. Make sure you guys like, comment, Shout subscribe, out, man. Yeah, Everything that he's you. been saying, you being on here, it was, was empowering, man. There's a few little clips that we're going to drop separately because there's some other, some amazing stuff, mentor letters and stuff like that, that he wrote um, when he was incarcerated to the kids and stuff. And, Bro, when I heard it, it was empowering. Thank you. And I'm going to make y'all really yeah. wait for it. <laughs> but thank you so much. I appreciate you for real. All the time. Yo, Brian. Richard. Appreciate yes, you, Richard. Sir. Richard Network yep. Podcast, yep. man. Yep. We out, y'all. Thank baby. you.